Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello. Welcome to the Liberal Cube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. Today is Monday, uh, November 5th. Today's sponsor is Schrodinger's Cat Pet Supply. That's Schrodinger's Cat Pet Supply. Where our motto is, you will not know if we have what you are looking for until you come in and see us. A uh, correction, I'd like to say, from the Mrs. episode. When I listened uh, to it while editing it, I realized that instead of saying Nikola Tesla, I said Nicholas Tesla. Um, Maybe he had a son named Nicholas, or a brother, but uh, that's not who I was talking about. I know Nikola Tesla fanatic fans out there are uh, pretty vocal, and it is a growing, uh, a growing group, I think, Nikola Tesla fans. I'm fairly, fairly certain of that. From what I'm, uh, from information I'm gathering around the interwebs, he seems to be coming, uh, coming back in a big way lately. Today is Movie Monday. Our third movie Monday. We are really cooking along here, aren't we? Something I want to mention at the beginning of uh, every episode, but mostly, uh, especially movie Mondays, uh, is that there will most likely be spoilers. As I mentioned in the first movie Monday, when I listen to a podcast where they talk about movies at all in-depthly, I uh, I like it when they basically don't sort of censor themselves and say whatever they want. Plus, uh, it makes it easier for me not having to try to figure out a way to talk about a movie without giving shit away. So I will give shit away. Maybe um, it's a movie you haven't seen but really want to see, so uh, skip ahead a little bit. Maybe it's a movie that you think you will never see and have no desire to see. Uh, then you can listen to me talk about it, and then maybe know a little bit about it. And then if it comes up in a conversation, you will look like a smart dude. Or dudette, as the case may be. Today we have six movies to talk about. Ooh, busy, busy. So far we've had a five-movie day, and another five-movie day. And this is a six-movie movie Monday. Uh, that is because the only difference really being was that uh, on my day off, uh, November 1st, I watched a movie. So, there you go. Uh, that movie that I watched, we will start with, it was called Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Now, I don't think uh, that is grammatically correct. Shouldn't it be Bob, comma, Carol, comma, Ted? And Alice? Shouldn't it be that? Not Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice? It's a, it makes it a little bit more of a mouthful. This is a movie from the 70s. Uh, and you can tell. 
It's a movie available on Netflix, Canadian Netflix, under the classics section. It's a movie I have heard about. Um, when I say heard about, I actually just mean I've heard somebody say the title, not really anything that it was about. But whenever I hear basically a movie mentioned uh, at all, I'll usually try to watch it, just because this is a movie from the 70s and still comes up in conversation and on Canadian Netflix under Classics, which is not exactly a uh, giant library there, um, it's probably at the very least good. And I thought it was at the very least good. It stars uh, Peter Fonda, who, if you know it all, will most likely know from a very, very good movie uh, called Easy Rider, also from the 70s. I don't think it was in the 60s. I don't really know. Um, I think it took place in the 60s. Uh, it's been a year since I watched that one. But uh, that one, I'd give a 5 out of 5, <laughs> despite not remembering it. It starred uh, Peter Fonda, a very young... Uh, Jack Nicholson, and, oh god, here's where the uh, the name section of my brain needs a bit of a kickstart. Uh, oh man, I really like him too. Uh, <laughs> the bad guy from Speed, Jesus. Uh, in one of my in one of my favorite war movies, Apocalypse Now, and his name is. Ah, uh, this is painful. Anthony, Richard... Okay, well, <laughs> if we think of it, I'll uh, yell it out excitedly. But right now, I can't think of it. Uh, I'm distracted by a man on a recumbent bicycle with a uh, dog wearing a vest. Just ran by. So, that threw me for a loop a bit. Anyways, Easy Rider, definitely see that one. Uh, back to Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, starring Peter Fonda and uh, Elliot Gould. Uh, if you don't know Elliot Gould, I'm sure if you Google him and get a look at, uh, look at his mug, you will recognize him. Very funny guy, good actor. I believe, oh yeah, you know what, uh, somewhere where I think you would probably know him from, he did the uh, Oceans movie, Oceans 12, 13. Uh, at 11. <laughs> I don't know why I said him in that order. Uh, and I believe he was Ross uh, and Monica's father on Friends. Am I remembering that correctly? I don't know. Uh, anyways, very funny dude. Good, uh, good actor. So, that was another reason I decided to watch it. The movie starts out in a... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I'm going to say sort of a, a commune. Yeah, commune is the way to, to say it, with a bunch of uh, hippie-like commune, and they're doing sort of uh, what I would describe as uh, primal scream therapy. I believe that's what they used to call it back then. I don't know if it, that is still the thing. Basically yelling very loud, uh, primarily, if you will, to get out your sort of... Uh, anger and negative emotions. Uh, then it moves on to this other 
again, we'll call it therapy, for lack of a better word, where people are sort of locked in the room, locked in a room for a couple of days with no food. Uh, do they have no food? Well, definitely a sort of a deprivation scenario in which I don't know if they have no food, but definitely are trying not to sleep and then do a whole bunch of uh, hippy-dippy type, <laughs> like sitting in a circle and telling people you love them. And I don't know. It was weird. Uh, I guess that sort of thing went on in the uh, 60s and 70s. I don't know. I was born in 81, so who knows. So uh, the people who were doing that was Peter Fonda and his uh, smoking hot wife. Um, and then they come back from this, and it's, of course, uh, sort of changed their lives and opened up their minds. Ooh. And then they go out to dinner with uh, Elliot Gould and his also attractive wife. What we'll do is check out the old QQQ Q107 Radio Roulette game and then come back to what happened when they sat down to Dindins. Alright, do we get a song? Your local Subaru dealers. We do not. We get your local Subaru dealer commercial. E friggin' ha. So we're uh, O for many for morning Q107 radio roulette. We have never heard a song in the morning playing that. Alright. So, uh, Peter Fonda and his smoking hot wife sit down to dinner with Elliot Gould and his attractive wife. Um, and kind of let their hippiness <laughs> fly in their faces. And you can tell, uh, it's making the Elliot Goulds, uh, uncomfortable. Since I have so many more, uh, movies to talk about, we'll kind of, uh, skip around a bit. It's basically... Jeez, how would I describe this movie? Describing... The movie basically is taking us through the lives of these four and how the hippy-dippy people uh, changed uh, Peter Fonda and his wife and how they're trying to gets uh, Elliot Gould and his wife to come along, come along. It's, let's just skip right to the end, because that's, most of the movie was, if you don't like a movie where it's all just pretty much sitting around talking, you will not like this movie. I, uh, I do like movies like that. There was one recently with, uh, John C. Riley and, um, the guy who played, like, the really bad Nazi head Nazi guy in, uh, in Glorious Bastards. They did one where it basically all took place in one little apartment, and it was all just them sort of sitting around talking, and I really like that one. Too bad I can't remember what it's called, but, uh, if you Google John C. Riley and, uh, Nazi guy, I wonder if that would work. So, you know, I'm curious if that would work. Uh, so that's basically what uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice is, them sitting around talking. That being said, I enjoyed it. I'm going to go three out of five. 
I think uh, the pacing, that's kind of uh, something that has changed nowadays, is that the pacing of movies is a lot quicker. Which is not always necessarily a good thing, but it makes going back to these uh, movies from earlier days sometimes just a little, uh, a little more difficult. Um, I think one of the best examples that people always bring up is um, Godfather. Whenever I listen to movie podcasts and they talk about The Godfather, they'll all say it's a great movie, which it is, of course, but um, they'll mention that the pacing is a little slow compared to your, your modern movies. That's just because I think now that we have the internet, um, our brains are almost... I don't know if you want to say differently wired so much as uh, able to access information and media and just plug shit in there at a much more rapid pace. So we become accustomed to that, and then when our brain has to slow down for a, I don't want to say a slow movie, but a not-as-quick movie, then uh, it can get a little of that boredom going in there. So, that's one man's opinion on movie pacing. Okay, uh, the movie ends with... <laughs> this is, I guess, a spoiler, since I'm going to tell you about the end of the movie. The four of them in bed together. Uh, and it is awkward. Very, very awkward. They sort of realize, once they're in bed, that they have made a horrible, horrible mistake... And, um, that part was good, actually. I really liked the ending. I like a awkward ending, and that was the very definition of one. Okay, the next movie I want to talk about is another one I saw on Netflix, and, um, has an interesting title, and the title is X. Just the letter X, which is difficult as a title if you ever need to search for it on the internet, because um, if you type in the letter X on the internet, you will most likely get porn. Um, so there you go. <laughs> that being said, this movie uh, describes itself as a erotic thriller. Yeah, I guess it is. There's some, uh, some of your TNA which, uh, of course, stands for tits and ass. Mm, ass. It uh, stars two... Uh, does it start two? It stars one and a half, <laughs> which I'll explain, uh, prostitutes in uh, Sydney, Australia. I don't know if, factually, in Sydney, Australia, there's a big uh, prostitution ring. But this leads us to believe that there is. I actually have a couple of friends who live down under. Uh, so maybe I'll ask them if there's lots of prostitutes in Sydney. Huh. Maybe I won't. <laughs> now that I think about it. Alright. Uh, it focuses on one uh, brunette prostitute. Again, I didn't write down their names because I don't know why. I didn't write down their names, so we will refer to them as the brunette prostitute and the blonde prostitute. The uh, brunette prostitute is sort of new to the game. 
she's only 17 years old. Oh, man. It starts off, my God, with a very, uh, again, awkward, very awkward scene in which she is giving a old man, a dirty old man, a H.J. while driving. So right off the bat, you can tell this movie's going to be pretty uh, fucked up. And you are not disappointed. That was sort of her uh, initiation, I think, into the prostitution world. That sort of dark underbelly. So uh, it flows on, and um, eventually this uh, brunette prostitute meets up with the blonde one who's been at it for a little while. She's more of your, I guess... I guess you would say high-class whore, <laughs> and uh, knows the ropes. She uh, had an appointment with a guy, and uh, one of her friends backed out of the appointment, so she needed to find a brunette prostitute as quick as possible, um, and didn't know where to find one, and then she almost hits this girl in a car, and says, you want to make some money, honey? or something along those lines. Uh, They go meet up with this guy and do their business. Then, um, as they're cleaning up, (laughs) the guy has a guest come who, spoiler alert, kills him. Murders him. Murder most foul. They escape without the murderer seeing him, but he sees... uh, sort of evidence that they were there, and uh, basically that's where the movie sort of takes off, and it is a mission for this murderer to track down these two. Um, That's where the thrilling action happens. So we're not going to describe action, because that does not make too much sense. Let's just say that the movie ends... With long pause, stuff. All right, uh, we're at work, so let's uh, do some of it. Work, that is. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! 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 We are back! Back in action! Hello again. So I did a not very smart thing this morning and forgot to A. Turn off my recording and B. Take my phone out of the car. So I recorded just about four hours of absolutely nothing. Ha ha ha. Very tempting for me, for my sense of humor, to put up, post the four hours of dead silence, because I think that would be pretty hilarious. Um, That being said, it would be funny for me, and me only. So, I'm not going to do that. We talked about two movies this morning, so again, we gotta speed her up a bit. Uh, It seems I'm always having troubles fitting in all my movies. The uh, next movie I watched, 
the next bunch of movies I watch are ones that have just recently come out. So spoilers uh, are going to be a little more relevant as they would with, say, the first one, which came out in the 70s, in which if you haven't seen it, you're probably not going to. The next one I watched is The Campaign, starring Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. Um, I don't want to sound hipstery, but when it comes to Zach Galifianakis, I was uh, following his career many, many years ago before he was, I guess, what you would call famous. So that's a hipster of me to say. But, what the hell. There you go. We'll appeal to hipsters there. Or will we? Probably won't, because making fun of hipsters, two hipsters, not a good idea. The campaign uh, is pretty much what the title suggests, a movie about a political campaign between Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is the sort of uh, been-in politics for many years guy, whereas Zach Galifianakis is the newcomer to the political pack and uh, does not really know what he is doing, at least at first. He plays a character that, I don't remember if I started this podcast before watching a movie called Bernie, starring uh, Jack Black, but uh, Jack Black in the movie Bernie reminds me very much of Zach Galifianakis's character in this movie. Um, if you've seen both, you'll know what I'm talking about. They both have that sort of uh, lispy, mustachioed, um, are they gay <laughs> kind of vibe going. It's pretty eerie, actually. Bernie, if I didn't talk about it, I'll give a three to four out of five. It was a good one. Would recommend it. Highlight, I think, of the campaign that stuck with me and I think will stick with me for many years is when Will Ferrell punches a baby in the face. <laughs> that is not something that you see in movies, a little baby face punching. It was obviously not real. They actually took it sort of one step further and even did a little CGI uh, baby face punching action and really did it in a sort of slow-mo with the drool shooting out of the side of his face. It was funny. The funniest part of the whole movie, did I just say that was the funniest part? No, that's the most memorable part because you've never seen it in the movie. But the funniest part of the whole movie is when um, Zach Galifianakis is sitting down with his two boys and his wife and just because he knows that in politics uh, anything bad they have done in the past is going to be sort of dug up and come out he gives them all sort of uh, carte blanche carte blanche uh, to say anything bad they've done get it out in the open with no sort of repercussions uh, it starts off with one of the kids saying um, he used the Lord's name in vain, and that gets him a little riled up, but he says, you know, I've, I promised I wouldn't get angry, so it kind of uh, escalates rather quickly, which is funny because 
I just realized that that is a Will Ferrell meme. If you Google, well, that escalated quickly, you'll see a picture of Will Ferrell from Anchorman, and the scene escalated quickly, and Will Ferrell's in the movie. It's all coming together. <laughs> what one did he say that I couldn't stop laughing? I think it was, and this kid, poor, poor kid, I don't want to say too much about him, but he is a weird-looking kid. He went to the petting zoo and let the goat lick his balls. Something along those lines, if it wasn't that exactly. And it was just so surprising that I couldn't stop laughing. I, I said to the missus, because we, uh, we watched it together, that I bet that scene, they had a list of like probably a hundred things that they were going to say here. And if there was deleted scenes, I bet you that scene made up a big chunk of them, because they could have just friggin' let loose. Let's not give any spoilers other than that and say the movie is... Ah, jeez, rating. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I'm just going to go four. I don't think it was a five out of five. Ah, that scene was a five out of five. Baby face punching was memorable. Memorable moments in movies give make me want to give them high ratings. So that was a five. But I'm going to say overall four. Just because... Uh, I don't know. That's uh, This is a couple of days after watching it, and that's what I want to give it. So, that's what I give it. Next movie we're going to talk about is called 1114. As in 1114 o'clock. Uh, as in 1114 o'clock at night, in this case. This is a movie in which there are a bunch of... Um, should count them, a bunch of stories that get sort of intertwined at 11.14 at night. I believe it's is it three or four different sort of vignettes, I guess you could call them. This has been done in movies before, and I think it's been done, uh, it was done the best in Pulp Fiction, because your, your sort of greatest example of that, in which it's a bunch of stories that are all sort of interconnected. This also had a very uh, big cast. I didn't write any of it down. I just <laughs> Well, here you go. Give us a little chance to talk about a site by the name of IMDB, otherwise known as the Internet Movie Database. If you go to the Internet Movie Database and type in 1114 um, as in O'Clock, you will see all the uh, big names that were in this. Oh, uh, Patrick Swayze. That's the one I was trying to remember. Hilary Swank, who was not looking good. Ugh. She had uh, that sort of braces, no makeup, not good looking look going. I know on uh, Adam Carolla's podcast, we'll oft often talk about Hilary Swank in a sort of uh, is she good-looking, I-can't-tell way. That's how they describe her. And I think he needs to see this movie, and his mind will be made up. She is not good-looking. All right, uh, who else was in it? Um, there was a couple other recognizable people, but those are the two I can remember off the top of my head. The movie starts out with a car accident, car crash, and there's actually quite a few car crashes in this movie. I never, I just realized that now. Oh, shit. 
Uh, we didn't play it and haven't played it. We didn't play when the missus was here, the Q107 radio roulette, because I didn't want to take up her valuable time. Plus, she listens to new shitty music that I can't stand. So, let's play it now. Alright, that's enough. I may, uh, you know, that's fine. Whatever. We're, we're gonna save, uh, actual Q107 radio for roulette when we got a, uh, good song that I really, really want to hear. And that song, it's up there, sure, it's fine and good, but whatever. So back to 1114. Um, let's see. Car crashing, uh, bank robberies, uh, shootings, deaths. Did a lot of, uh, did a lot right, and I enjoyed it. Had, a sort of that, as I've mentioned before, that dark comedy, uh, throughout which I am a really fan of. Oh, uh, another thing we should mention is a guy got his penis chopped off in a window. Oh, uh, that, that's another person I wanted to mention uh, in the movie was Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks's son, who uh, does a lot of uh, uh, strange, um, I don't know if strange is the right word, but interesting movies kind of like this. Uh, Orange County comes to mind. That was a bit of a, a weird movie. And uh, I think every movie I have ever seen him in, uh, I have enjoyed. So, that being said, uh, if I enjoy it, he obviously has a long career in acting ahead of him. Duh. Yeah, I'm going to throw a duh out there at you. Ah, okay, that was pretty cocky. Let's uh, leave that movie behind, just like a cut-off penis on the ground. And talk about the next movie, which is Men in Black 3. If you have not seen Men in Black 1 or 2, you'd still be uh, okay seeing this one. Which, I think the fact that it's so many years between Men in Black 2 and this one, that is kind of what you have to do. Because uh, you want to get in the kiddies. If you are of an age in which you were too young to see Men in Black 1 and 2, and then this came out, and it was all about shit that happened in the first two, what would you do? You wouldn't be a happy camper. So, good on them for doing that, I guess. It would be nice maybe to see a little, uh, little some callbacks to the previous ones, which I was a, a big fan of. Uh, let's see, Men in Black 1 and 2. It's been so many years, I don't remember, but we're going to go fours out of fives for those. Men in Black 3... Uh, I don't know why I'm having trouble uh, this week giving ratings. Well, I'm going to go four. Yeah, a solid four. Uh, things that I liked were there was a guy in it who was living in the fifth dimension, meaning... Uh, well, meaning in this case, I don't know what it would mean if a being actually lived in the fifth dimension, but in the case of this movie, it was kind of a interesting that he was able to see, I don't even know if see is the right word, um, 
different realities. So uh, I know how we talked. Guy living in five dimensions will know how uh, the different outcomes of every situation can turn out. So uh, we'll just go with the simple uh, flipping of a coin. He is able to see how the world will progress depending on which way the coin lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that I think almost is coherent. So we'll stick with that. Now, it's not obviously just flip of the coin. It's what will happen if um, this person is killed at this point or if he lives. So sort of world-shaping events, he'll know um, what will happen or will not happen. So that, that was kind of a, a mind-blowing guy. <laughs> he blew my mind. Another cool thing was his mind, now that I mention it, was sort of uh, glowing and blue and looked like an atom. Something um, the Men in Black series does probably... No, no. Something the Men in Black series does better than anyone else is uh, CGI aliens. <laughs> they got some just friggin' crazy, crazy imaginations on that show. And I guess the fact that you can tell their CGI is... I know, uh, maybe there's there's steps further we can take as far as CGI goes. But, that being said, they look friggin' awesome. So, they get a 5 out of 5 in the CGI department. Uh, oh shit, better hurry up, man. The last movie I want to talk about is, yes, uh, Piranha 3 Double D. And we're getting near home, so I better speed her up. Uh, if you saw Piranha 3D, which I did, not in 3D, uh, I didn't see this in 3D either, it's about um, prehistoric piranhas that are sort of unearthed and uh, set loose on a lake during spring break, and they kill a bunch of uh, horny teens and half-naked women and things of that horror movie ilk. In Piranha 3 Double D, you're in for more of the same, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good formula. I watched Piranha 3D with the missus, and she actually enjoyed it, which I was surprised, but for some reason uh, shied away from this one. Maybe it was the Double D part. If you don't know, uh, Double D is a bra size and a large one. <laughs> Who's in this movie? Ving, uh, Ving Rames is back. If you don't know uh, from the last one, he... This is not really a spoiler per se. He lost his legs. In this one, he, at one point in the movie, has a shotgun for a friggin' leg. So, um, Planet Terror and Piranha 3 Double D, two movies with people with guns for legs. Planet Terror is the better movie with a gun leg. So, if you have to choose between movies where people have guns for legs, Choose Planet Terror with the sexy Rose McGowan, who I had the pleasure of meeting at Fan Expo. Also, while we're on the subject, in Piranha 3 Double D, Christopher Lloyd is back as the scientist guy. He was in uh, the first one as well. Uh, the first one being Piranha 3D. 
Uh, and I say we are on the subject because I also got to meet him at Fan Expo. And I uh, got a picture. So, basically everything is connected. It's the circle of movie, the circle of movie watching life. Oh, uh, some other memorable moments is uh, lots of boobs, so that's, uh, that's good. More than uh, one set of boobs in a movie automatically gets you a three out of five, no matter how horrible the movie. This movie, we're going to go, it was a four out of five. Solid. Solid, uh, some solid action. And something they did at the end was sort of did it, uh, set it up for the next one, which I wonder what the title would be, 4D? I don't know. Uh, and they set it up that the piranhas are evolving, which is stupid from a scientific sense because nothing evolves quickly like that. Uh, they are evolving the ability to walk. Walking killer piranhas. Oh man. I hope it happens because that is pretty awesome sounding. Uh, we're home. Remember folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper